The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link slash red5. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... This is urgent. We need a response team. We're already putting together the best move. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. <laughs> it's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am crew. That I did know. These people may be isolated and unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, it can be exactly what you need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, gentlemen, online and ready. And welcome to another epi- issue. Oh my lord! Yeah, it's been one of those weeks, and you're muted. <laughs> issue, issue. Yeah. Welcome to we another issues, and we definitely have issues. Oh, this week. Oh yeah. Um, it is the intrepid trio minus one. So it's the incumbent duo, incompetent duo. Well, I, I prefer to think of us as the meatloaf trio. Two out of three. Uh, Two out of three ain't bad. Um, it is Eric, myself, Mike. How are you doing, Eric? I'm ready for the weekend. But of course, if you're listening to this on Source of Radio, it is the weekend. And if you're listening to us on podcast, which drops on Sundays. Sunday or Monday. Well, yeah. it's, it's, it's still the weekend. The weekend. <laughs> yeah. The, the weekend's half over. Yeah. Um, but it ain't the weekend now. It, check out the homepage, MightyMarvelGeeks.net. Support our affiliates such as Biddy Boomers. Use code WeebyGeeks for 15% off your purchase of Bluetooth speakers. Uh, use the code Wookie for 10% off your lightsaber needs from Rebel Sabers. Premium lightsabers. Really, really love their sabers. I, I've seen at conventions a lot of them. And I also own a few of the Disney Legacy ones. Oh. Because, well, I can. They're easy well, for me to get. But Rebel Sabers, when Zoe and I do our, our duels, it's Rebel Sabers we use. We don't, I don't use my Legacy Sabers. That, that's more for the cosplay stuff. But, um, but yeah, the Rebel Sabers, love them. Did I ever tell you about Neil, my Canadian roommate? Uh-uh. Uh, he went out and he bought the Nerf fencing set. Now, I know this has absolutely nothing to do with Sabers, but when you said having duels... Uh, the Nerf fencing set. We used to reenact the Princess Bride sword fight scenes up and down the halls of the dorm. People would come out and watch. <laughs> because we also had the, the dialogue verbatim. Wow. 
people would applaud. I wish they would have thrown money, but, you know, broke college students. What are you going to do? Yeah. Um, I just derailed you, didn't I? No, I derailed myself. Okay. Because I'm also going to say, hey, as of recording, we still got one more slot to fill in the Intrepid Trio Invitational Fantasy Football League. The the two-time champion excess tech support is going to be back on the field. Figments of shield have returned. Or sh- or should I say the one and a half time champion? Because <laughs> <laughs> the first time was on autopilot. Yeah. It's, it's a long story, but the, the gist of it is uh, during the first year of it, about halfway through the season, I pulled out and Rather than delete the whole team, it just took me off as a manager, so my team was running on autopilot. And then Mike goes, oh, by the way, congratulations, your team won. (laughs) Yep. Well, of course, we have taken, kind of taken over the fun zone fantasy football league. Well, you know. And and, and we've made it now ours, hence the Intrepid Trio Invitational. Yeah, and, and we've we've established some new rules and whatnot. So, um, yeah, it, see how the first year of it truly goes. Yeah. I mean, last year but, was still kind of fun zone, but you know, it it is what it is, and really, it's just an excuse to. I, I've seen I've seen fantasy football described as. D and D for people who don't play D and D, right? Well, but this is also it, it's it's open to more than just people from Source of Radio Fun Zone. Yeah, it, it's for listeners of Mighty Marvel Geeks as well. Yeah, hence why we we've kind of made it more. Our since I kind of took over the league. Or keeping it going. The the truth comes out. Mike uh, says, well, since I took over the league. Well, it, I was I really enjoying it. in a thoughtful and just manner. I do, I think. The, Maybe the iron fist with which I rule has a crocheted thingy on it. <laughs> I haven't won the league yet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think. Well, since I've taken over, no. <laughs> I have not. I finished top three, but I have not once. Yeah. But Figments of Shield, I've kept that name from back from the fun zone and days. There are some there are some pretty good there are some pretty good names this year, like Throby Wan Kenobi. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh of course we got Jeff with Caps Cowboys. Yep. And Thailand with the Akron Kunlun calves. Yes, yes. The Fumbalorian. Yes, the Fumbalorian. Yes. Bibbidi Bobbidi Blitz. I love that one. I love that one. The Audio Clone Troopers. That's not bad. Friends on the other side. 
That would be offsides. Yeah. In the Reedy Creek Flirtins. Someone is a Goose fan. That's all there is to it. Yep. But. Although the the uh, the person that had uh, throw Wan Kenobi, the, the other name that was in the running was Pull the Lever Gronk. Yeah. And I was kind of like, I was so hoping that name would get the win, but that's that's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. See, with mine, I was creative before Marvel actually put together the logo, which I think they did with Figment 2. Wow. And one of the issues of Figment 2 where they put in all the different things. That's because you are a freaking genius. With Figments of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I kind of like mine better than what they did. Well, of course. So. um, Check out Red Flag Workshop. Use code SMUGGLER3 for some cool patches. Sci-fi geek military theme patches as well. Uh, some very cool stuff there. Who knows? Maybe Intrepid Trio patches will come Ooh. from him in the future. Hellabus! We, we've we even talked about uh, chipping in, and especially if we get a convention going in the future, chipping in and doing uh, remove before flight Hellabus key rings. So, that'd be awesome. That would be awesome. Um, also, too, check out Hangar dash 58 you've got some great pop culture themed shirts use code wookie radio for 10 percent off your purchase from there hangar 58 as opposed to docking bay 94 got it exactly so um marvel news in a couple of weeks, we got quite a bit. It has. It has. Uh, we took last week off, and uh, we'll be taking next week off as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, because reasons. But, uh, yeah, um, there, there's one there's one story that really caught my attention. And by caught my attention, it's uh, maybe one to flips and tables. I'm just going to be honest and... Uh, do some rage quit shenanigans kind of thing. Go ahead. Okay, so in case you've been living under a rock for the past six weeks, eight weeks, whatever, the secret invasion dropped on Disney Plus. And as we said here on the on the Mighty Marvel Geeks. The biggest problem was that they tried to tell a 12-part story in six parts, but forgot they were only having six parts. So they progressed the story to a 12-part series and got to about issue number four or five and go, crap, we got to wrap this up. Yep. So uh, needless to say, it did not go over well on Rotten Tomatoes. I think the... The 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 finale was like in the single digits. At which point, you know, it's not just rotten; it's slush. 
Uh, I think you've ever seen if you've ever seen a tomato that was really just so rotten it was slush. It's not pretty. And to use the scale that we judge by. I haven't looked it up. Well, it's uh, I can't remember the scale. If there is a level zero on that scale, I think we've reached it. But the the reason that I drag up this unpleasant memory of uh, the the show that could have been so freaking awesome, uh, be, turning out to be nothing more than a wet fart. Uh, let's put it this way: our our judge one or two meters we use off rock tomatoes. The last episode got what seven percent. It may have changed since then, but the last when I looked at it, it was seven. Fantastic Four, twenty fifteen, nine percent. So when you're doing worse than the Fantastic Flop, this this is grounds for concern. Actually, it's not even grounds for concern. It's grounds for panic. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, the the person in charge of the, shall we say, crap show, uh, it, it should be a different word that rhymes with bit, but, uh, but you know, we can't say that on the air. Now, it, if, if we go overall, the show as a whole, the average score was 54% for the six Which episodes. That, still, that is still nothing to, to crow about. No, but still better than Fantastic Flop. And Jim yes. and the Holograms. That was pulled from yes. the theaters. Yes. After two weeks. Um, director Ali Salim. I'm guessing that's how you pronounce it. He did an interview with Variety and was asked about the the mixed reviews. And this this is a quote. He says, I don't feel bad about mixed reviews. If you had unanimously good reviews, every movie would gross $10 billion, trillion dollars, right? Uh, projects resonate with different people at different times for different reasons, and Marvel has a very devoted, even rabid uh, fan base who have expectations, and when their expectations aren't fulfilled, they move in the other direction. They give it a thumbs down. Okay, then he goes on to say... Oh, I don't read reviews. With all due respect, for me, I view all the storytelling work I do as a dialogue with an audience. I don't know. Is it our job to fulfill the expectations or to tell the story that we're telling? So it's a tricky thing. I would love it if everybody loved it, but I also don't have that expectation myself, so I feel great about the response to it. Now, I read this and I'm like, tell me you don't know the first thing about your audience without actually saying you don't know the first thing about your audience. If I'm going to say this just right up front and get it out of the way. If you are unironically asking, is it our job to fulfill their expectations? then quite frankly, you had no business ever being put in charge of a Marvel project. 
And whoever puts you in charge of a Marvel project needs to clean out their desk because they do not deserve their job. We know who put the person in charge. Then somebody needs to clean out their office, their office suite, whatever you want to call it. Problem is, they're not going to force that person to clean out their office suite. Well, then they should have the common decency to do it on their own volition. Now, this is an attitude. This is a total disconnect. He says, you know, it's a dialogue with an audience. No, it's not. A dialogue means you listen as much as you talk. This dialogue is going in one direction, one direction only. I mean, you can get away with this kind of elitist attitude if you are making art house indie films that literally nobody's going to see outside of whoever goes to Sundance or can. Right. You can you can tell your own story. Audience be hanged. But you're an artist. You're you're a storyteller. We can tell the story we want to tell. Okay, fine. You have a little $20,000 film that's going to be part on 100 theaters max. You're, you want to go for an Oscar? I mean, how many people actually admitted to watching Room with a View? Not very many. And his earlier comments about if, uh, if you had – unanimously good reviews every movie would gross 10 billion no that's not right either because unanimously good reviewed films that does not automatically equal box office success right suicide squad james gunn's suicide squad was considered a flop i think everybody agrees that it was it was not a successful movie it got a 90% score. The Suicide Squad, I felt, was so much better than Suicide Squad. And it's the Suicide Squad is the one that James Gunn did. That's the one that had Starro. Yeah. These are, there are many, many examples of movies that the critics loved and maybe the audience loved. But not enough of them went to the theaters. Right. So the movie can be considered flops. And and I and you have seen this. I have seen this. You go on to you know your Facebook groups or, or just chats, chat rooms, whatever. And of course, you will have the occasional stand coming in simping for secret invasion, going, Oh, it wasn't bad. It was just underrated. And I'm just kind of like, no chuckles. It pretty much was bad. Funny. And, and then you're, you're the only one to, to make a negative comment on my thread. Well, it's not my fault that everybody else on your thread totally brown noses. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> An individual liking a movie does not mean necessarily it's a good movie. What is your favorite movie, Mike? Star Wars. No, the oh, other one. Marvel Wars? Yes. Howard, Howard the, the Duck. Duck. Yeah. You love Howard the Duck. I love Howard the Duck. It's a crappy movie, but you love it. Eric, are you, are you still there, Eric? <laughs> I mean, you can love a, a bad movie. There's nothing wrong with loving a bad movie, but you got to understand you have to acknowledge that it is bad. 
I love the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. It is not universally loved by anybody. <laughs> Including Alan Moore. <laughs> Including Alan Moore, exactly. I had but I I didn't mind the film. I had one problem with the film. That was Tom Sawyer. Today's Tom Sawyer. Well, by you, the energy you trade, you get started onto the friction of the day. No, just that Tom Sawyer was too young for the time period he was in. I, I know it, it wasn't a documentary. I mean, it, no, oh, good Lord, was. I love Mystery Science Theater 3000. There ain't a single good movie that's ever been on that show. No, I, it, it's OK not to it, it's OK to like a bad movie or a TV show. It's also okay to not like something right my again my flaw with um the the movie because i i enjoyed the the series the comic series when it came out yeah. i loved it yeah um the movie switching huck finn out for tom sawyer and, and huck yeah. finn in the book was older well because he fit the time period with all of this, yes, I understand we got characters that were written in different time periods yeah. brought ahead, and it, and it still worked. Yeah. Tom Sawyer, you can age, you can figure out true age, because Mark Twain wrote him as a specific age in Tom Sawyer and the Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. He was a specific age in Fair. a specific year. Fair. He would not have been in his mid twenties, early thirties at the turn of the century. Okay. As they had him in League of Extraordinary Joan, the movie. Okay. So, but basically, I'm just saying a movie can be well reviewed and still be a flop. It can be enjoyable and still be bad, providing you you know going in this is a bad movie. This is not a good movie. This will never win any awards. It's not meant to win any awards. But to to ask the question, is it our job to fulfill those expectations? Well, considering that the studio you're working for spent over a decade trying to build up expectations – Trying to make you know, in the, you know, up all the way up to Endgame. These were multi-year events. These were tentpole events for the geek world. They're like the Star Wars movies were back in the seventies and eighties. Now, to be fair, Howard the Duck is award-winning. Oh, you want me to go through the list? Yes, I want you to go through the list because people are going to call shenanigans if you don't. 1996 win winner, Stinker Award, Worst Picture. 1997 Razzie winner, Worst Visual Effects. 1987 nominee, Razzie Award, Worst Original Song. 1987 winner Razzie Award, Worst New Star. 
Razzie Award winner, Worst Screenplay. Nominee Razzie Award for Worst Director. Nominee Razzie Award for Supporting Actor, Tim Robbins. 90, or Razzie Award winner, Worst Picture, tied with Under the Cherry Moon by Prince. And nominee, 1990 nominee, Worst Picture of the Decade. So, okay. hey. It'll be even though it's the Razzies, award winning. There's it's so bad it's good. I give Mike a, a little bit of a hard time because he does love Howard the Duck so much, and uh, he, it's a guilty pleasure, or would be if he felt guilty about it. <laughs> if I felt guilty about it, <laughs> but, but I love I love the character. Yeah, I mean, and, and the not- character turns fifty this year. Doesn't look a day over sixty-three. That was foul. Not uh, lay an egg on that one. Anyway, I'm, it's, I'm it's, a little shell shocked. Yeah, there you go. The, the whole point is your TV, stu- the the movie studio, the TV studio, Marvel Studios spent so many years building up this cinematic universe. And putting out hit after hit after hit after hit. If you don't realize that there are expectations from the audience, how freaking clueless are you? Oh. I mean, it, he, he's not he's not totally wrong in saying Marvel has a very devoted, even rabid fan base. Yes. And, and and at times that this fan base can go too far. Yes. It can troll, it can have unreasonable criticisms. They learned it from Star Wars fans. Oh, did I go there? I think I did. Maybe because I also run a Star Wars podcast. Well, yes you do. Wookie Radio. But you can hear right before this show on Sorcerer Radio. Which, if you're listening to this, it's already too late. It's already over. (laughs) Anyway. But, I mean, how can you not be cognizant? You You are being put in charge of one of the most iconic characters in the MCU. Where he has heretofore been just a supporting character. But he has been pretty much the the glue, the web that ties everything together. He is now your main character. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll even go a little step further. This is a character that underwent a race change. It was a character that's been predominantly white in the comics until Samuel L. Jackson was perfectly cast for the role. Well, he was the white he, he was white in the mainstream comics, but he was black in the Ultimates. Okay. But but in the Ultimates That, that shows my was, ignorance. I did not realize that. He he was patterned, he was modeled after Samuel L. Jackson. And if I remember correctly, at one point in one of the comics, he said that if a movie was ever made, Samuel L. Jackson would be the guy to, sh- to, to play him. 
So maybe there well, was some stuff already known. That is very, very likely. But, I mean, casting Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury was one of the better casting decisions of Marvel Studios. And to be honest with you, I can't think of a white actor or an Asian actor or a Hispanic actor that would have been perfect for that role. Michael Hasselhoff. No. Oh, wait. That already happened. That was David Hasselhoff, yes. And that was not the greatest. That 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 was not the best casting job ever. See, in, in that multiverse, you have David Hasselhoff as Nick Fury, and you have Dolph Lundgren as Frank Castle. Dolph Lundgren as Frank Castle was not bad. No, but the movie was horrible. Yes, the movie was an absolute stinker. But Dolph Lundgren as Frank Castle was not a bad bit of casting. No, but going going back to the rant, don't don't derail my rant, man. Don't mess with my discount. <laughs> I, I mean, how can you not be aware and to be this dismissive? I mean, it it ties back, and this we we hear this so often, and this is just so indicative of Hollywood now. It's kind of like. Well, we're going to tell the story we want to tell, and we don't care what you think about it because if you don't like it, you're, you're insert insult here. You're, you're racist. You're phobic. You're bigoted. You're, you're a horrible person. You, you club baby seals with, uh, with your bare hands, and, and you kick puppies, and, and you rip off the tag of the mattress. Just, just whatever slur you can hurl at somebody. It's not, why did people not like this? How can we do better? It's, well, you're a freaking casual. What do you know? You're, you're a peasant that doesn't know art. And again, you can get away with that kind of attitude if you're making movies nobody cares about. Right. People care about Marvel projects. People care a lot about Marvel projects. And if you if you're not ready, if you're not prepared mentally or physically or or emotionally to do the project justice by the fans, then go back to go back to HBO Max. Go back to community theater. Go back to made-for-streaming movies. Like, go to the Hallmark Channel for crying out loud. But it's funny you said go back to streaming. Uh, that's what the show was made for. Was streaming. I'm talking about the streaming that nobody cares about. Crackle TV. Yes, Crunchyroll. Wait a minute, Crunchyroll does have a bit of a following. I was going to say Tubi and Pluto. But I actually enjoy Tubi and Pluto. I would say go to Roku, but I'm actually enjoying a few of the Roku shows. Yeah. I, I'm saying go back to stuff that nobody cares about. Because you clearly don't care about giving the audience what the audience wants. 
And if you can't give the audience what they want, what we want, we are not the a-holes for having expectations. Right. We are not the a-holes for criticizing something that we don't think is quality. You're the a-hole for thinking you know more about what we want than we do. Yeah. And I have no issue with you wanting some say. And and you want to put your spin on it. I get it. Yeah. Being Being an audio engineer and working with groups that do oh let's say one of the groups i work with at epcot that do covers of various british artists i worked with one group where it's, it was essentially we want classic albums live we want you to duplicate we want the songs to be as if you are listening to the album that you have push play and you're listening to the album so really study, really try and match the effects, the delay, and all the. And if all of a sudden part of the song there's distortion on the vocals, throw distortion on the vocals in that song. Mirror the album. To, yeah, kind of like that, but kind of be your own. To now do your own thing. If you, if there are songs that are iconic, I'm like they're all iconic that y'all did. Yeah, but if, if there's some that you know are, are so iconic, if you change the sound of it, people are going to be judgmental, then keep to the album. But if there's things that you can do to tweak and modernize it, like that group would potentially do, then do so. I have more freedom now. It, it is not a case of... It, it, we don't care if you want to tweak it a little bit. I mean, if you want to put your own spin on it, you want to put your own thumbprint on it, That's one thing. But as long as you are faithful to the source material, if you, you know, there's a reason people like these characters. Right. And a lot of these characters have decades of stories. And it's it's kind of like audiences can see when you have no respect for the source material. And it, it is clear that this director has no respect for the source material. Right. Now, I get it. You cannot do a faithful 100% adaptation of Secret Invasion because it involves characters that don't exist in the MCU right now. Right. And there are story elements that don't exist in the MCU right now. I, I get this. You, you want to have to do a, a, a version of the story that fits within the current MCU. I mean, this is what they had to do with Civil War. Yep. Now... Would I have preferred the comic version of Civil War? Of course. But it was a bigger storyline that can be told in one movie. It, it was a bigger cast of characters that could be in one movie. But at the same time, it, it's... You have to be cognizant 
of your audience. You have to be cognizant of the story you are trying to tell and the confines with which you are telling it. And I'm just going to say it. This was a bad choice of director. I think I think there are there were other directors out there that could have handled this. I mean, ideally, this story would have gotten twelve episodes. Right. Even even an hour long finale was too rushed, and that's not not just me saying it. You said it. Kylan said it. You know, most of the critics that have reported on it, they said it. Well, and for us, let's be honest, too. We have, unlike some fans, like we had talked about when, oh, you're, you're the first person to make a negative comment on my Facebook. Okay. I'm not going to blow smoke up Marvel's butt. We will not round those Marvel. We will give tough love where we, where we need to. Why? Because we care about the franchise. We care about the companies. And I say companies because it's Marvel Entertainment and Marvel Studios. We care about the product being put out. Well, whether they like it or not, I'm sure hearing, yeah, we really didn't like that. Hearing that more in a constructive way instead of a toxic way comes across more and is respected more than someone who you know, closet wise you know, it really wasn't that great of a show, but I want I want to get in on Marvel's good graces and Disney's good graces and everything comes out peachy. Yeah. It's all rainbows and lollipops. Yeah, like the the director says that he got he has gotten death threats over this. That that's, is okay, toxic. That's toxic. That is toxic. That is so very not cool. No. No one deserves to die just because they're a crappy director. I mean Or they did a crappy job directing this project. I don't know I don't I'm not familiar enough with his body of work to say he's a crappy director. I'm I'm not a fan of Michael Bay or Zack Snyder, but I don't wish them dead. I just don't want them working on projects that they shouldn't be working on that have ruined childhoods. Zack Snyder. Yeah. Sorry. His best two DC films was Sin City and 300. I'm so glad you didn't say Watchmen. No, Watchmen. I mean, I understood some of the changes mm-hmm. that were done because at that time couldn't have been translated over to cinema. But they, what, what, they were stronger ideas. They just weren't as practical. Correct. And, and it and his and the ideas changed too much the essence mm-hmm. of the of the ending of the stories. Yes. Everything up through 
only after Osmodius. Ozymandias, yeah. Ozymandias was fine. Basically, the the whole the research using Doctor Manhattan as the uh, as the bad guy. Yeah, it it was it made the overall movie weaker. Yes, but why was Zack Snyder's Sin City and Three Hundred so good? Because Frank Miller was right there keeping on keeping him on the straight and narrow. That's why. Go. That's why. Alan Moore. Alan Moore will just, you'll pout and stomp off. But you know, I really liked what HBO did with the Watchmen, their series. Inspired by. Yeah. The Alan Moore's Watchmen. And I think they did it justice. But Alan Moore still hated it. Well, okay, Alan Moore at this point in time is crotchety. Yes, Alan Moore. Alan Moore doesn't want to see any of his stuff done as a movie. Not anymore. Or as a series. He just doesn't want to see his stuff done. Much. Yeah. Okay, cool. Wait till Alan Moore passes. Then let's bring out Green Arrow Longbow Hunters. <laughs> then, and then we don't have to hear Alan Moore complain. Not without a Ouija board, anyway. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, it's... I don't know what else I can say about this, other than just... How freaking clueless are you, dude? I mean, you cannot be... First of all, you cannot tell your own story if it's not the same story that that the fan base wants. Right. I mean, it, again, art house indie movies, you can do that because there are no expectations. But it's it, it's like, a, you know, if it's, if it's a Star Wars movie or a Marvel movie or really any successful franchise movie, you, you start saying to heck with the story, I'm going to tell what I want to tell. That that is the 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 quickest way to cheese off a fan base. Yeah. And you need this fan base. See, I I think since you mentioned Star Wars, I think that was the issue with Book of Boba Fett, and that was the issue with uh, season, well, this last season of of Mandalorian. In many ways, but Andor. I absolutely love. Yes, it's a slow burn. But it's how many episodes did Andor have? Twelve. Exactly. And and the slow burn was perfect setup because we know because they already said season two is going to be another twelve episodes. Season two is going to spread over four years with it ending potentially moments before we see him appear on screen for the first time. In Rogue One. That's how far they're going to take this. Is right before Rogue One. Well, Seth, that's the problem in with in-betweenquels. But within four, you, but for four years, 12 episodes? You could do three episodes per year. And if they're, and if they're smart about it, make each one 
episode one's the slow burn. Episode two is that climax. Three is that conclusion. Episode four, back to the slow burn because it started. It, it's it's year three, with the climax conclusion. Keep that pod ass aspect of each one's a trilogy, and, and give us that roller coaster. I'm okay with that for twelve episodes. If each one of those four years is three episodes each. It's a slow burn, but make things action-packed. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's what I've been saying all along is then the fundamental flaw of Secret Invasion. Yeah. This is the kind of story that needs 12 episodes to tell. Now, an epi- you know, a story like WandaVision, that can be told in six episodes. It was. Right. And was told well. Moon Knight, same thing. See, I could I could have taken more episodes of Moon Knight. I mean I could I could have gone two more episodes. I would have loved to have seen it, but they told the story they needed to tell. Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't have minded eight episodes. I mean we just we just enjoyed we enjoyed Moon Knight for what it was. And and wanting more of something that's not bad. Loki? That's okay. Loki was just right. <sighs> Loki was just wrong. It was just wrong, but it was the right length. It was the right length. That was about the only thing right about it, as far as I'm concerned. Falcon and Winter Soldier. I I could have used one or two more episodes from it. I could have used one or two more episodes, but I'm I'm overall rather I'm rather pleased. Yes. I mean it, it felt a little rushed. But it felt rushed from episode one. It it was not Game of Thrones final season rushed. Right. If Secret Invasion, let me pose this question then. If Secret Invasion had the same pacing from the get-go as Falcon and Winter Soldier. Would you have been happier with I would not have been as unhappy because, again, it felt like they were they had the pace of a 12-episode show, and when they got to episode four, they finally realized they don't have 12 episodes. Right. See, I think that's what they knew with Falcon and Winter Soldier is this could be a 12-episode show. We don't have the 12 episodes. And see, that makes me wonder, did they start out saying, okay, for Secret Invasion, you're going to have 12 episodes. And then along at some point along the way, they said, no, we're cutting this back. You only got six. Oh. I mean, that would, that would explain so much of that show. Right. But but. At this point in time, is this something that direct that this director should be stating as part of this too? You you don't like what I did? Well, tough, tough, tough nukies. I mean, that's exactly what he said. Tough saying. nuggets. Like- but it was it was supposed to be more, and I got I was given less. If if he came out and said that, and I and I've in all fairness, I have read snippets of his interview with Variety. I have not gone back and read the whole thing. But I, th- but I do believe that if he had said at any point in time, 
we were originally promised 12, and then they came back and said, you only got six. We'd have heard that. Even if they came out and said, we were originally supposed to do eight, and we were only promised six. Or, we, we were promised eight, and we only got six. I could justify it. Yeah, you could justify that that too slow a burn to start off with. But I, I'm sorry, if you knew from the get-go it was going to be six episodes and you still did that throw burn, that slow burn, no. You, you, you're expecting this to turn into a second season. and You're you, not getting a second you're season. You're not getting a second season. You're, you're not Joss Whedon. That that seven percent finale score, yeah that that cemented this as a one season run. I don't care if you're wanting to set up future movies or future shows. I, I don't care. It, it was we doing that. Even. I mean, it was this was supposed to set up Marvels. In in a, in a very real way, but I, I'm telling you right now, Marvel slash Disney. But was there originally Marvel? Marvels was supposed to be out before Secret Invasion originally. But now we have now we have that scene that was pretty much just shoehorned in there. Fury says. You know, there's there's a priest treaty going down between the Kree and the Skrull. Come help me with it. Right. right. I mean, that is that is pretty much setting up Marvels. Yeah. I I am I, I say this and I will I, I will stand by this. Marvel slash Disney is worried sick about the Marvels. Yeah, they are very much they so. are They are worried sick that this is not going to do well because Brie Larson as Carol Danvers has not been very well received by a very large percentage of the fan base. Now, you can say, oh, well, they're just woman haters. Uh, They're misogynist or whatever. It it has nothing to do with on screen. It it doesn't. It's It's what she's doing off screen. Well, for me, I don't hate her. I just haven't been impressed. I mean, yes, she's she's very attractive. She's very beautiful. But you know what? This is Hollywood. There's about 3,000 beautiful blonde women who could also fill that role. Yep. I mean, I I was very encouraged when I heard that she said, you know, when, when she got cast, oh, we're not doing the swimsuit costume, are we? And they said, no. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm happy with that. Yeah. I, I was happy that she, she addressed the. If I got wear that costume, no. But here's how. Here's the clearest example in my mind that Marvel slash Disney is in panic mode over this. Airing Ms. Marvel on ABC. I mean, they are they are so desperate to to drum up hype. That's kind of like, well, you know, you may not like her, but but oh, look, here's here's another Marvel character here, that that's got Marvel in her name. 
let's 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 let let's get more eyeballs on her. Only problem is this doesn't work. HGTV reruns had higher ratings than Ms. Marvel on ABC. Yeah. Now well, it could very easily have been because of the time slot. Could have been. But well, isn't it this week they're showing like three all of Saturday night? Eight o'clock, nine o'clock, ten o'clock is all Miss Marvel. They're showing three episodes. It, it could be, but but she aired over this past weekend, right? So some episodes did air. I want to say two or three episodes, and it's it's a shame because this was the. This was the Ms. Marvel was the worst performing, estimated worst performing show on Disney Plus for the MCU. And they are desperate to get people to watch. It will especially be telling if they decide to bring WandaVision. Yeah. Because just just so they can get some Monica Rambo screen time. And I, and I'm hope I'm wrong. I really do because I don't I don't want any Marvel project to fail. Right. Like you said, like you said, we care about the franchise. I mean, I, I'm not ashamed to say it. I was very hard on the first season of Agents of Shield. Yes, we were. Very the first half. I'm like, and I'll tell you when the season really turned around for me, and that is when they hit the bridge scene and supposedly blew up Coulson. Mm-hmm. That's well, when everything turned around. That's but everything up to that point. There were a couple good episodes, but beyond that, it was horrible. Your former co-host said the only thing that's going to save this show are the words Hail Hydra. And it turned out he was right. Because when you brought Hydra in, the show got better. But it again, we don't want shows to fail. Do not misinterpret us as saying that we do. We don't hate anybody that's been cast. We don't hate anybody that has been tasked with directing or writing or producing. If we think they did a bad job, we will say that. But we say it in the hopes that you'll listen and that at future endeavors, if you are fortunate enough to get a future endeavor, that they are improved product. Right. I'm on my YouTube TV to try and figure out I 
how many episodes are airing, and all of a sudden, ABC is not showing up on my YouTube TV. It's a conspiracy. Uh, I'm thinking so. It's James Gunn. That's what it is. James Gunn is rebooting the DCEU, and he is going to stymie Marvel any way he can. And if that means sabotaging ABC, well, then, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what I was afraid of. Hail Hydra. Yeah. Thanks, (laughs) Thursday. I'm going to try this again. (laughs) All right. So, um, honestly, are we saying the director is wrong for having his opinion? No, no. He's entitled. But is he out of touch? Oh, yeah. If you want to survive in this business and you're taking a project that is based on content that's already out there that is being used as a basis for for the show then yes you you have certain expectations that you have to hit you you have certain beats that have to be met in in order to do it you don't do it you're going to get some some heat I mean, look at Civil War, prime example. The original Civil War was about mutant registration. Mm-hmm. Actually, I want to say both Civil well, Wars. Super, it was super hero. registration. It but in the comics, the mutant registration. In the comics, it was right. Well, we don't have mutants yet. Closest we've gotten to mutants has been Doctor Strange. No, Doctor Strange. Okay. Multiverse of Madness, because we have Professor X. That's right. But at this point in time, it's one of those they did what they could do with the characters they had. But were there certain beats that needed to be hit? Yes. Mm-hmm. Hero versus hero. I think they did a great job with that at the airport. Yes. What's the one of the biggest things in the in the comic storyline? The Civil War. Cap versus Tony. Mm-hmm. Did we get it? Oh yeah. Almost got it for frame by frame, redone. In in the movie. And let's remember, Cap got shot in Civil War. Yeah. So, I mean, every dealing with what we have to work with, well, we've got more established with Secret Invasion. Which I think is why we we all agreed Secret Invasion now, considering some of the other story arcs that have come out that came out before a lot of the Secret Invasion stuff, or that came in which Secret Invasion originally came out before in the comics mm-hmm. that we're now getting after. Okay, cool. But things were set up for it to happen now. To where it works now. This is what makes 
and I Am Correct, episode four, five, and six all drop Saturday on ABC. Okay. Eight, nine, and ten. All right. At eight o'clock, nine o'clock, ten o'clock Eastern. Seven, eight, and nine Central. It'll be interesting to see how the the ratings do on these three. Because if you remember, we were like, if you can get through the first couple, three episodes, it's a good watch. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I see why they're doing it. I'm just not 100% sure that it's going to work. But it, it's at this point they got to try some, something. Yeah. What? Why? And of course, I I change over to uh, <laughs> I change tabs on my computer because I actually have control over it. Not Thursday for once. Yeah. Um, moment. Knock on wood. And and there's this meme that just popped up. It's Miss Marvel. And the meme is. Are the Disney shows the worst thing that has happened to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? And they have it set as thumbs up, thumbs or or heart. Thumbs up for yes, heart for no. I am trying to go to the original post to see where it stands. Okay. While while you're doing that, my answer to that would be it's a zero-sum thing. The the good that has come out of the Disney Plus series has been offset by the bad that has come out from the Disney Plus series. Right. So they cancel each other out. Right. Well, I'm going to go based on the person who uh, shared this post and the the response there. Okay. Uh, 30 people do the laugh emoji. Um, This is saying there's 308K people responded. What's at the far left? What's the first emoji? First emoji is the thumbs up. Then that is that is the most of the responses. 1.9K. Okay. Heart, 1.8K. Almost a close, I mean, essentially a tie race. You know what? That only reinforces what I just said. 30 laughing, 4 caring, 4 wow, and four sad. So, yeah. And, and uh, but the original post was Secret Invasion demonstrated the flop phase of Marvel Cinematic Universe has begun. Should Marvel and Disney stop producing Disney Plus series and instead concentrate solely on the movies? Okay, flop phase. We heard this about phase four being flop phase. We, we movie wise, 
movie-wise. Well, we, we, we didn't say it was flop phase. We did say that it has at times felt like there was no overarching direction. Right. But critics out there were calling the movies in phase four flops. What saved phase four was the Disney Plus shows. Well, right now, we're in phase five. So far, phase five, I think the only thing that has truly been in everyone's mind a hit is Moon Knight. Because apparently the films aren't cutting it. Guardians 3 didn't cut it for people. It, it was good. It was, did not set the world on fire. Ant-Man and Wasp Quantumania. It was not well, big. Let's, 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 let's take a look at Phase 4. And as soon as my computer would actually boot up, well, it's booted, but uh, Google Chrome is a memory hog. Which it never used to be. Yeah, it's because they upgraded it for a better experience when it yeah. experiences. Well, I can tell you with Phase 5, these are the movies that have been out. Uh, Ant-Man and, and Wasp, Quantum Man, Guardians, Volume 3, The Marvels, Deadpool 3, Captain America, Brave New World, Thunderbolts, and Blade are all going to be part of Phase 5. Okay. All right. So, Movie-wise. Okay. Let's, here we go. MCU Phase 4 movies. Black Widow. Mm-hmm. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Eternals. Spider-Man No Way Home. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Thor Love and Thunder and Black Panther Wakanda Forever. That was your phase four. Right. Now, shows for phase five. Secret Invasion is the first show of phase five. So I think you're going to say Moon Knight was part of phase four. Uh, Phase four TV series. WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Loki, What If, Hawkeye, Moon Knight, Ms. Marvel, and She-Hulk Attorney at Law. So Secret Invasion began Phase 5. Okay. So you're talking one show in this phase, one TV series in this phase, and the flop era has begun. Uh, well, you've only got one, one series in the, in the phase five. Okay. Streaming phase four, side. Phase four. We also had werewolf by night and guardians holiday special. Both were amazing. Both were very good. I, I would not categorize phase four as a total flop because we had, we had Spider-Man No Way Home. We had Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. Now, you want to say, you know, Black Widow was okay. 
Black Widow was okay. Um, Wakanda Forever. I don't think it it didn't perform as well as the original. There, there definitely was a lot of drama attached to it. One, you're you're dealing with Chadwick Bosman's death. Yeah, that you gotta explain. Two, um, what's her name who played Shiri? All the Letitia Wright. All the issues on set with her of walking off set, the whole yeah. COVID stuff. I mean. I think, I think it was the behind the a lot of the behind the scenes stuff that lowered the results on Wakanda Forever. I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dogpile too much on Wakanda Forever just because it, the first Black Panther movie just set such an impossibly high bar to clear, and. Wakanda forever was, even if Bozeman was still around, it would have been, would have been a difficult. tough follow. Yeah, it would have been a tough follow. It, it had its work cut out for it, regardless. And like you said, the behind the scenes stuff did not help. Uh, Eternals, yeah, it was, it, it, it did not go well. <laughs> Eternals Love- is phase four it is the the new you know it, we had the infinity era now we've got the king multiverse era it's the king multiverse era in humans with eternals eternally it just did not go well shang chi yeah, you you can you can argue one way or the other. I, I guess I enjoyed it. I, I'm not I'm not saying it was bad. I mean, Spider Man and Doctor Strange were the two biggest yeah. successes. You know, everything else is kind of like they can argue over third place, but it's a distant third. Yeah, behind those two. To me, Phase 4, it, the best part about Phase 4 was the Disney Plus series. Yeah. Because you had you, you had WandaVision, which we loved. You had Falcon and Winter Soldier, which we enjoyed. We had Hawkeye, which we all yeah, enjoyed. enjoyed. Moon Knight, we all enjoyed. Ms. Marvel, we wound up enjoying once it realized, it, once it remembered, it was in the MCU and not Nickelodeon, but you know, or the CW. But for me, I, I had to. I also had to look at it through the eyes of Zoe, who loved the series. Okay, and, and then of course, I mean, we weren't hating on it, but when we had and Julie. Yes. On the show, that just, I mean, I'll, I'll admit now, having her as a guest definitely shot shot its rating up for me a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Just to, just to know that what, what we were kind of thought we were seeing 
show on screen was actually there with the fact that here's a cast that's taking pride in in the culture that's being being aired and the fact that they had the right people who used to be in Marvel Entertainment working on it for Marvel Studios so even though there was some change to the character the essence was still there the reason for the character was still there if the if the vibe and the feel of the last three episodes were present in the first three episodes, I think it would have been a much better series. Yeah. But that but that was a slow burn there that was paced just right. They knew they had limited. They knew we got the slow burn. Before we build right up to a wedding dance, it, <laughs> so wasn't, it, it wasn't the pacing that was the issue for me. It was just the, and, and this is, this is part, this is on me to some degree. I am not an eight to 12 year old girl. So. I was not the the demographic the first couple of episodes were trying to draw in. Right, right. And so maybe I'm judging overly harshly those first couple of three episodes. I, my biggest takeaway from the first three episodes, I want Avengers Con. <laughs> I, I can't argue that. Let's make Avengers Con a reality. Well, if we did it, it can't be Avengers Con. It's got to be Intrepid Con. I don't know if Intrepid Con's already ha- exists. Well, I have to check. But I have um, planted a seed in your head, haven't I? Oh, I've always said if I ever won the lottery, I want to build a convention. I want to do it. I want to do a convention. MKCon. No, it would be something related with Weeby Geeks. Okay. But if if, if I did. One that was all Marvel themed. Yeah, it would have to be Avengers Con. It, no, I, I would do Intrepid Con. Okay, with Intrepid, you know, for the Intrepid Trio. And of course, I would have you and Kylan involved with it. Well, so. of course. Um, you know, we had other stories. <laughs> We're just not getting to them tonight. That's all right, and, and that's cool because I mean, this this was a good conversation. It's. The fandoms are it, it I I think it's funny. Star Wars is slowly starting to calm down a little bit. But now the other stuff's ramping up. Th- this is and it, this and, it, and it's cyclic. It's it's gonna be a cyclic nature. Yeah. See, the thing about Star Wars and Marvel and other uh, other really – Harry Potter, I guess, is another big franchise. It, the fan base is passionate. There's a strong amount of passion in all these franchises, and 
mm. you know, reason doesn't always go along with them. There is a high degree of ownership in this franchise. It's kind of like the these are my memories. This is my childhood. That that you're messing up, right? Well, and the thing is, when when you are producing content for these franchises, you you better be prepared to deal with expectations. Specifically, you better be prepared to deal with what happens when you fail to meet those expectations. Right. Well, we we talked a couple of weeks ago on uh, Weeby Geeks about it was top ten Riddler actors. Mm-hmm. I remember. And we Paul Dano. Who is the most recent Riddler? I like him as an actor. Robert Pattinson's Batman wasn't bad. I'll give I'll I'll give credit to when credits due. I'm a huge Riddler fan. I did not like that Riddler. That Batman didn't sparkle in the sunlight, did he? No. Good. Yeah. So, um, on that note, sun's not up anymore. <laughs> so it begs <laughs> one question. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Nope. Just time to go dark. <laughs>